Good morning and welcome to Thursday morning, February the 4th in 2021 on When I Rise. We're currently in year B, the fifth Sunday after Epiphany. And on Thursdays of the week, we like to take a look at the New Testament letter passage of the week from the Revised Common Lectionary. So we're going to be back in the book of 1 Corinthians. We're going to be in chapter 9, verses 16 through 23. So I'm going to read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then uh, lead us to a time of prayer. Hey, thanks for making this party morning on Winter Rise. Let's saw our souls rise and be got together in a time of prayer. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 16 through 23. For if I preach the gospel, I have no reason for boasting, because I am compelled to do this. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I, if I, for if I do this voluntarily, I have a reward. But if I do it unwillingly, I am entrusted with the responsibility. What then is my reward? That when I preach the gospel, I may offer the gospel free of charge, so and so not to make full use of my rights in the gospel. For since I am free from all, I can make myself a slave to all, in order to gain even more people. To the Jews I became like a Jew to gain the Jews. To those under the law I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, to gain those under the law. To those free from the law I became like one free from the law, and though I am not free from God's law, but under the law of Christ, to gain those free from the law. To the weak I became weak in order to gain the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all means I may save some. I do all these things because of the gospel, so that I can be a participant in it. This is the word of God for us. When I was in the sixth grade, I went to a movie. It was a new movie in the theaters called The Mighty Ducks. You remember this movie? Um, if you, maybe some of you are not old enough to have watched it, but I man, I watched it in the theater. And I think at that time I was playing baseball, basketball, and soccer, and just an array of other sports. But those are like the three main sports. But after I watched The Mighty Ducks, I decided to go on an adventure, and I like basically quit all sports in order to play the game of hockey. Um, but the thing is, like my family weren't hockey players. Um, it was something that we were new to. I wasn't even aware of all of the rules completely. But I knew I just had to play it. And so I started playing hockey at the age of sixth grade. Played it all the way through high school. Played it sparingly through college. Uh, came back and when I worked in the workforce, I would play in recreation leagues uh, here in the city of Wichita where I live now. But also in Atlanta when I lived, lived in Atlanta. And also in the Memphis area when I lived in Memphis. I mean, hockey is a big part of my life. And one of the joys is that my son Ezra is playing hockey. And uh, my daughter Avery, she loves the game of hockey. She could tell you stats, she could tell you players, she could tell you why things happen on the ice. My wife Ginger, she didn't grow up playing hockey. She didn't grow up watching hockey until she met me. And then she decided that she would be an avid hockey fan as well. So hockey is uh, something that we love. But I noticed something that happened to me over the course of my time playing hockey. I mean, I love playing it. I had a lot of joy, had a lot of friends. Uh, but something happened. It really happened. It kind of came to a head when I was playing once in Atlanta, and there was a guy on the other team who was like elbowing people, and he would slash you with his stick when the ref wasn't looking. And you know, you get to these leagues, you don't you don't hit. There's no contact. If it's contact, it's supposed to be uh, you know accidental. If it's intentional, you get a penalty. 
And for whatever reason, I got back to the bench. And I just had enough. And like everybody else on my team was kind of chattering about this guy. And so I said, hey, would it be all right if I take a run at this guy? Now, here's the deal. Like, I never would do these things. Like, I was the kind of small, undersized guy that got hit a lot. And I never was the one, you know, doling out punishment. I was never the goon on the team. But man, for whatever reason, something grabbed a hold of me. And the next time that this guy and I were out on the ice, there's a puck going up the boards. And I absolutely tattooed this guy. And I, I was I had pleasure in it at the moment, but I had not I had no pleasure in it afterwards. But I remember when I was spending my time in the penalty box, going thinking to myself, what just got into me? And I think something happened to me. Uh, hockey, if I can speak philosophically here, it transferred from an item that I enjoyed, like a sport that I played, a hobby that I had, uh, to an event, something that. I was caught up in, uh, I was, I started to use the game of hockey differently. I think I used it when I was younger to stay in shape, to make friends, to compete, to, you know, whatever, to have something to do with my time. But now like uh, hockey was kind of using me now in order to, I want to make sure the game was played right. And even to this day, I love winning in hockey, but if I don't win, I, I don't really mind as long as I play the game right. I feel like I'm satisfied and that's enough. So on the one hand, like, I, I had possession of hockey, but then pose- uh, hockey had a possession of me. So put that to one side for now. Hopefully you followed all that uh, ranting. But uh, I feel like that's what's going on when Paul talks about the gospel. The gospel is something that makes him free. I mean, he, he mentions that. It's a gift to him. But it's also something that compels him. Um, he began to act out of his mind. Even some of his contemporaries felt like he was acting out of his mind. I mean, this uh, verses 19 and following, what we call the missionary principles of the Apostle Paul. I mean, he's a sectarian Jew. Uh, who's following a Jewish Messiah, but he says, you know what, I I will put myself under the law, I'll put myself away from the law, I'll become weak, Um, I will do all things uh, because of the gospel so that I can be a participant in it. And so Paul, at the same time, the gospel was like an item to him, it was something he was proclaiming, but it was also an event to him, it was something that captured him and he was active in the midst of. And I think that that's what happens when we go deeper and deeper into a way of life. Uh, we go through the intro class of the thing, we kind of get more aware of the thing, we learn and grow in the knowledge of something, but then something takes a hold of us and we all of a sudden, our relationship changes where we are now participating with it instead of the other way around. And I, I wonder if that's happened to you as you thought about your Christian life. Because, you know, like we get into the Christian life and we start taking our faith in our own hands. Uh, we attend and we learn and we take notes and we sign up for that cross-cultural missions trip and we join that praise team. We're on that committee. But something happens along the way where um, almost in the background, things begin to change and we begin to live like a second like a second nature Uh, where we begin to live into the Christian life without all the effort and intention. It is something that begins to take over our lives. Uh, That's the way the gospel happens. Uh, We used to hold the gospel as an object, something that we now possess. But now, over time, just like the Apostle Paul, by God's grace, the gospel possesses us. And then that's when the Christian life really gets interesting. I wonder if you're in an interesting moment like that, where you are, you'd say to yourself, I used to not be this way, but now because of my participation in the life of the church, now I've got like these ideals and these beliefs and these values. Something has happened to me. If that be true, friends, uh, receive it as a gift. 
Uh, it's a gift that gives, but it's also a gift that takes in order for us to join in the life of God. So I want to pray a prayer over us that we uh, would be overcome by the gospel so that we can, like the Apostle Paul claimed, that we can participate in its outworking in the world around us. So let's spend some time praying together this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you today that grace is a gift, but this gift creates reciprocity. We respond when we understand the gift that's given to us. God, we confess that sometimes we have used the Christian faith for our own advantage. We've uh, used it to, you know, gain friends with people at church, or we've uh, taken Christianity so that we can have some sort of a sense that we have the right answers to life's big questions, and so. Even though friends and truth are gifts, God, we also know that uh, the gospel is yours. It's not ours. And uh, the grace of God is yours. Obviously, it's not ours. So God, forgive us when we have had ulterior motives with our Christian faith and allow us to submit once again and to be humble servants of the King Most High. And so God, I pray that just like Paul, that the gospel would be something that we possess and that possesses us at the same time. May life get really interesting and really fun and really deep because we find ourselves participating in the great outworking of the gospel around us. So God, we don't want to just be uh, those who observe the gospel. We want to participate in the gospel. So give us your Holy Spirit. Empower us. Send us. Allow us to walk by faith and not by sight so that we can see the goodness of the good news of the gospel uh, spread like wild wildfire around us. So God, uh, use our lives. Uh, squeeze out every ounce of who you are for the sake of your name and for your glory, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.